0: Hey Swifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast, coming up on this episode. Jeffersgate, controversy rages as a prominent Zwifter is fined, banned and stripped of his title after being found guilty of cheating. Steering, we have the top 10 front wheel swivel hacks and reaction to Zwift's newest feature. And art, for Zwift's sake, the lowdown on a spectacular pen and ink study of Watopia. Well, 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 I don't think I've seen so much angry chat on the Zwift forum since the price rise. Camgate seems to have plucked a few strings, so it seemed right to convene the Zwiftcast Troika to discuss the Cameron Jeffers cheat row and a few other things, because the indoor season has certainly started with a bang, or oh, should that be a ban? Shane Miller joins us from Melbourne. G'day, mate. How's your bot? <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> <As> my bot. <laughs> uh, my bot is offline and safely away from having any influence on either myself or the experience of others in game. But uh, what a story, though!
0: Christ, what a story! I'm very, very pleased to hear your, your bot is is, is invisible. Uh, Nathan Guerra, <laughs> the State of Wisconsin. Yo, dude, weighing in at a fraction over 45 kilos. I hope.
2: <laughs> yeah, quite a bit over. Uh, we need to bring that down. I mean, I wish I was weighing 45 <laughs> kilos, but not. Uh, well, I don't know. I'd almost I'd be emaciated. I think if I was at 45 kilos, I guess we need a little bit of meat on the bones.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, 45 kilos is kind of making the point that that was a little bit unrealistic. But we'll go into that in much more detail. Um, Although so much has been said, I'm not entirely sure we have much useful to add, but we're going to have a go. So for the one person in the Zwift universe who's not been across this, one of the most prominent races on Zwift, Cameron Jeffers, who won the first British National Esports Championships, racing for Cycling Hub back in March, has been stripped of the title, banned from all British cycling races for, of any kind for six months, and fined two hundred and fifty pounds. So, what was the offence? Jeffers or people working with him, and we don't know whom, apparently rode on multiple occasions of the Alpe de Zwift at two thousand watts with a weight of 45 kilos and some 200 kilometres was ridden in this manner. Obviously, a bot was used, a device called an ANT Plus Ant Plus emulator. Those rides were subsequently deleted from Jeffers' publicly available Strava account, but not before Jeffers' Zwift account was awarded the Tron bike, which he then used both in qualification for and victory in the British National E-Championships. So, they're the facts of the case. Then we had the videos. Uh, Jeff has almost immediately released an extensive mayor culpa As
3: apology videos go, it was pretty fulsome. Let's get a flavour. I'm sorry to the people that have supported me, you know, any way, shape or form at any point in, in this, you know, in, in this journey. And of course, in particular, for the guys that supported me throughout my, my Zwift racing, uh, I just want to deeply, you know, from the bottom of my heart, genuinely, Say that I'm sorry, and like I understand if you want to switch off the video right now, and you know you never want to watch another video in your life, or you don't you, know, you don't want to support me anymore. Like I completely understand if that's the case.
0: Cameron Jeffers then went on to explain exactly how the mechanics of him obtaining the trombike had worked. This is four separate clips. I've edited them together simply for clarity and brevity.
3: Someone said. Someone said to me, I don't want to say. I don't want to say right now who because. Essentially it doesn't matter, you know, this is, the, this is the mess that I got myself into, but someone said to me, do you want the Tron bike in Zwift? You know, I, I've got an amp simulator and if you want to use the Tron bike, if you want the Tron bike, you know, give me a couple of hours, give me a few hours and you can have the Tron bike. And I thought, you know what? Yeah. So you know, this person logged into my account. Um, basically, this person just set my avatar on Altdersworth, going up and down Altdersworth, which is like the biggest virtual climb in the game. And um, before long, I had completed the fifty thousand meter challenge, and my avatar had unlocked the trom bike. And I had I had the trom bike. I then started using the trom bike when I was training. Uh, and racing and that's the bike that I used on the qualifiers and then finally in the national championships
0: I think it's important to fairly represent Cameron Jeffers video so as well as those extracts I should also say that he expressed more contrition he asked for forgiveness he criticized British Cycling's processes both on the night of the event and during the disciplinary process which has lasted more than six months he said that the whole thing had cost him a good deal of money as he'd hired a lawyer The video garnered a lot of support amongst the 50,000 subscribers to Cameron Jeffers' YouTube channel and within the Zwift community, although there was also a fair number of people who pretty much thought he'd got what he deserved. Amongst them is pro-cyclist Woody Smits, who rides with Katusha and also has a YouTube channel he pitched into the debate. Again, I've edited his longer video for brevity
4: and clarity. If I'm driving over the speed limit only by a couple of kilometers per hour and I drive into someone, the onus or fault lies on me, regardless how small the offence is. Oh, but my question now is one of principle. Why, why even consider using a bot in a sport you take so seriously and hold to the highest of values? Why not just suffer to upgrade through each challenge? and level wouldn't that have been such a much better overall feeling of self-perseverance and sacrifice when you know you did it all by your own through, through endless hours on the bike Regardless of how big or small the offense is, and regardless who you are, when you win such a prestigious event, you will always be under the spotlight and under heavy surveillance, and any tiny offense will be punished severely, especially when you've won. Did they make an example out of you? Yes, unfortunately. Was a six-month ban harsh? Yes. Does it matter what? my or other people's or your opinion is about the offence? No, it's up to the people that apply those laws and that we as a general public need to realise. We as people should start taking the rules very, very seriously.
0: Okay, uh, so that was Willie Smits. Um, Here's what I think. I completely support the actions taken by British Cycling. I applaud Swift for providing the data to support the investigation. The chat around the timing of the publication of the specific rules for the March event, as far as I'm concerned, is completely irrelevant. Cameron Jeffers should have read those rules and regs and realised he was possibly in breach because of his previous actions or actions done in his name. And he should have alerted the governing body or Zwift or both who could then have decided how to handle it. As far as I'm concerned, a likable guy though he is, but as far as I'm concerned, I'm afraid, you know, I need to use the word. uh, It's cheating, plain and simple. It's also poor behaviour Serious Swifters don't and shouldn't use bots in this way. Uh, Cameron may be young and he may not have read every syllable of the rule book, but that's not really the point. He broke Swift's terms of service and he cheated. The six month ban has been criticised as excessive. I disagree. Firstly, it's over the winter and therefore the off season. And secondly, even if there is an exemplary element to this in its harshness, then that in itself, as far as I'm concerned, is to be applauded and supported. If the National Federations and the UCI are serious about e-racing, they need to look serious and act serious. Okay, well, there's my little bit of script on that. I, you know, um, uh, I, I, I typed that out and I thought about it and it, it represents my my opinion uh, for what that's worth, But 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 it does. Shane, where do you stand on this one?
1: Oh, it's been a few days since this one came out. And uh, from what I've seen, there's a lot of misinformation around this story, and that's including a number of facts that were left out of the apology video that have since come to light, making the apology video a little less, insinc- or less sincere. So like most things, though, there's reasons and motives behind leaving out information or spinning a yarn a certain way. But let's clear up a few of the main misunderstandings that are some which you've already touched on, Simon. First of all, The rules that he broke were not related to the eSports rule set that was referenced in his apology. The accepted sanction was handed down based on years-old rules, so they weren't the new rule set. Jeffers clearly knows the in-game benefits of the Tron bike. His comments saying that he thought it was just cool, that don't really hold water. There was a lot more to it. The bike he was on for the event gave him a competitive advantage. I think we all agree on that. His effort on the day was also phenomenal. It was within the racing parameters on the day, He was the best there and he pulled the jersey on. That's not in question. What is in question though, is his conscious decision to firstly gain a competitive advantage through automated means. And secondly, to cover his tracks by removing those activities from the Zwift profile. So let me recap, a conscious decision to obtain a competitive advantage via automated means and attempts made to cover up that to avoid detection. Simon, as you've said, yep, to me that's cheating. I, I just wanted to jump in there, Shane, mm-hmm. and, and I do think this is
0: perhaps important for any you know just subsequent discussion we're going to have either Cameron or those around him.
1: Yes. uh, Extra facts have come to light, haven't they, on on that? So, look, people can argue all they want online about Zwift or British Cycling not levelling the playing field with the bikes, but Jeffers took it into his own hands to not level the playing field doing what he did. It was a gamble that paid off at the time and still pays off because Jeffers' YouTube channel and his partnership with Cycling Hub, who have been named as the party who did level up his account, have benefited financially from this win because clicks mean cash, Knowing that, let me rephrase my previous comment. There was a conscious decision made by multiple parties for Jeffers to gain a competitive advantage through cheating the system and covering his tracks for a better possibility of financial gain. And that financial gain did take place for both him personally and his associates. And in true YouTuber style, the apology video is monetized. The result here, no one wins, none of them win, none of us win, Zwift don't win, British Cycling don't win, the second, third, fourth place, well, second technically wins, but how do they feel? Look, Cam made a mistake on the big stage, it's going to weigh in him for a long time, but it's impacted a lot more than we'd expect, and it's something we've discussed a lot here on the cast. We've discussed the theory of rules, rule enforcement, and the level it needs to go to. This week it happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure it did. You know, uh, the banhammer came down hard, and- reported all over the world not only on cycling sites on on mainstream newspaper sites a uh, big online newspaper in the UK uh, ran a piece on it y- you know this this made a big impact i think you obviously thought about your sponsors as well as i did jane and i think you're you're kind of coming from the same place as me perhaps with the addition that um, you know follow the money follow the money as we know um, in in this in this world these days clicks do mean views Nathan um you've got a slightly different background than Shane and I I think in that you, you you're much more deeper enmeshed in in games in uh, as your background and of course in games you know cheats are kind of almost legitimate they're, they're, they're just an, another another way of playing the game if you like and I did see some uh, some comment that obviously came from a gamer's background saying hey come on guys this is a video game now you know it's Okay, it is a video game, but it's also being used for uh, a national federation-sanctioned championship. So, so in, on this occasion, it's it's just a little bit more than a video game. But anyway, where where where, where what's your position, Nathan?
2: Well, from <clears throat> excuse a little bit of a cold, but um, for, for this specific cast, everybody. But uh, from a gaming perspective, I mean, serious bans do take place. People lose contracts. Uh, The esports world is just as serious, I think, or even more uh, than we're seeing right here and right now. Um, So as far as that goes, I think it just comes down to what terms are we playing on. Uh, My initial reaction was like, wait, what happened? And I needed more information. And I do see um, a lot of different information, a lot of different assumptions out there right now. Um, And we had a lot of banter back and forth, personally, like we were in disagreement up front. Uh, here within uh, within our little circle here with the Zwiftcast. And because I, I thought, look, um, I reckoned it to a situation that I see a lot in the forums right now where it's like, Um, either open up one single bike or give them a choice of what kind of bike that they want to use amongst all the bikes, Uh, say that that'd be really awesome. And I've been pushing for that specifically to be. So that kind of knee jerk reaction came out of me like, wait a second, Cameron and everybody should just had available to all of them, all the bikes and picked whatever one that they thought would have been their best weapon for the day. Like, and I was like, wait, BC's got this, it's totally mixed up. And, 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 but then I, you know, I got a check about, I had some conversations back and forth and got some background information about what actually went down. And the reality is, is that um, rules were broken within the acquiring of a bike. It doesn't matter whether or not the, um, whether or not it had anything to do with that competition on the day. I agree with that hundred percent. It had to do with Specifically, the, uh, what, what's the language around it? The, uh, it, it's more of a character thing. Character. Like within. Good conduct. Bring, yeah, bring, it,
0: bringing it, the, it, the sport into disrepute. Yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. Bringing the sport into disrepute. And I have to completely agree with that, that in the, the, The nature of the offense and how that bite was attained and how it was brought to the competition, uh, if you dig deeper into the details, it does look nefarious. It does look, you know, it does look like there's ill intent there. Things were hidden. It was secretive. And we don't want any of that upfront whatsoever. And for us to let this slide through, this is precedent. And this should not be sliding through. I don't think so whatsoever. And like you said, reading the rules up front, if there was any TOS broken or anything like that, like you should be abiding by all the rules of Zwift. That's one major takeaway is setting precedent and having some teeth on stuff. 100% agree that there needs to be a reality competition. It's taken seriously and that now... When people start racing on Zwift, I think they're going to second guess how close they step to certain lines, where weight is at and things like like wait a second this is, has real consequences. I like that. Um I also think though that there's also a learning lesson here as well that we need more detailed Swift and gaming related rules uh to be getting involved in esports and gaming from the cycling world.
0: Well, well, well. We yeah, no, no. We do know them. We do, but I mean, I think this comes back to my fundamental. Well, a couple of fundamental points. Okay. There is an argument that says Zwift is the, is, is the platform of choice that these races are taking part on uh, in and the the platform that the sanctioning bodies have chosen to work with. So you put a really simple rule in that just says, if you break Zwift terms of service, you automatically break the, you know, the overall rule that governs eSport. In other words, if you cheat to get a bike, you're out, mate. Sorry. In the end, for me, it comes down to a question of character. So I had a conversation with myself, you know, uh, is this something I would have done? Would I have used a bot to get a better piece of equipment and then entered <clears throat> a national championship with a clear conscience? And and I don't hold myself up as some kind of paragon of virtue, but to be honest, I wouldn't have done that. I mean, Shane, would you do that? Would you ever consider using a bot in this way? I mean,
1: would you even even consider it? Yeah, look, in isolation, absolutely. If I wanted to get that bike and ride it just myself, um, yeah, because it's a lot of work or the disc wheel or the next level upgrade or something like that. But, again, we are not in
0: a – You'd use a bot to do that. You would use a bot I mean, I would look at that bike and feel guilty every time I saw it.
1: In isolation. That was the key word there. So that that means that only I ride it. No one else sees it. No one else is influenced by that. I wouldn't use it in a race or something like that. Yeah, here's me trying to put myself up on a podium, um, I have a fake podium here, of using it in a race and winning or something. But... That's where I see it's probably okay-ish if you want to do that. However, Zwift isn't in isolation. It's the same with power meters that are not quite calibrated correctly. People say, oh, what does it matter? It matters because you're no longer in isolation. And if you're racing with a power meter that reads 20 watts high and you win a race or you, you get 50th rather than 60th, you've cheated a few people out and had a negative influence on people. So, yeah, that's where the conscience thing comes in. If you're using these nefariously obtained items to have a win over somebody else, and look, that's what the competition is about. It's to beat other people. That's the goal. Here and then, there is financial gain at the end of this. Yeah, that's where sleeping at night you'd have. Yeah, I think anybody who's broken the Zwift terms of service in any way would have to sleep with one eye open at the moment, or maybe not race. Yeah, or
0: maybe not race. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably the, the bigger point.
1: Um, has this damaged
0: Zwift or any of the regulatory bodies, Jane? Do you think?
1: Oh, God. Read the comments. People are trying to like pile this on Zwift like nothing else. People are trying to pile it on the uh, the whole sport as it, as it, as it stands, as the eSports stands um, for cycling. Um, the whole concept of, the, of riding indoors has just infuriated people this has happened. But look, if we take a step back, uh, not really there is a positive spin for this, that they were caught. Um, it's the ones who aren't caught that yeah, they're the ones you need to worry about. So it goes to show the rules and regulations are there. As I've said already in the Zwiftcast here, we've discussed the theory of this for ages and the complexity of applying these rules. And guess what? It, they kind of work. It does fall out and here's what it is. I mean, the,
0: the job of regulatory bodies like, like BC and the UCI is not to be popular. Their job is to be right. Okay. So, I mean, I think a really good recent parallel from from in real life You know, the very popular winner of the uh, men's uh, under-23s at the Worlds was was DQ'd after he crossed the line as the winner. Uh, Cue, you know, major internet outrage. Uh, The keyboard warriors, you know, sprang into action in their thousands and thousands. And then guess what? You know, the UCI release video that showed him drafting for something around two minutes behind the cars and overtaking people who were still legitimately competing in the race, uh, and so they they were right to DQ him. And suddenly, the internet, you know, goes all quiet a bit. <laughs> you know, I, I do have a bit of sympathy for regulatory bodies; they're never, they're never, never going to be popular, never. But in the end, their job is to make decisions based on evidence if, for the good of the sport, and I, I, I do believe that's what's happened here. Nathan, do you see do you see collateral damage to Zwift? from this it's not i should say it's not their decision it's it's bc's decision but
2: it is bc's decision um but obviously you do see a lot okay so there's a couple of different groups here <laughs> there's um you know there's naysayers that just jump on it right away oh it's always been a joke and you see a lot of you know that coming out and it, it's a confirmation bias that ends up in that situation in my opinion um, and, uh, you know, it, it's opportune, it, that's a little opportunistic. Um, but, um, I think long, long run, long-term, you know, I think that, uh, there's a little bit of hype up front here and there's going to be, um, you know, a little bit of laughing here and there up front. But I, I think that the steady of it, the fortitude that it creates, and as well as what, like. Look, well, if if Zwift deliver, though, with this now consequences and reality of competition taken more seriously, that it will show itself for what it is rather, you know, rather than play to all of that. And um, I I don't think it's going to turn anybody off who, um, you know, wasn't already turned off to begin with, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, we'll, we'll try and end this conversation with, with some positive thoughts that, that might come out of this in that, you know, time-honoured lesson-learned way. But just before we do that, uh, Shane, do you do you see collateral damage to to anybody here, apart perhaps from Cycling Hub? Uh,
1: nobody wins out of this um, because it made mass media. It wasn't just something that was kept in the Zwift racing forums. It wasn't just somebody being DQ'd from Zwift Power. This was mass media. So for me, that's like a black eye all around. Um, but there's no winners here, but we do need to move on um, and hope that, again, lessons learned um, won't be executed again. Mm, it's not, it's just not a good story.
0: Mm, I, I've got a slightly different view on that, I have to say. Um I, I think it shows that that we are now in a world where serious competition is taken seriously, and cheaters are found and bound. And and if for anybody who appreciates fair play in sport, that's good news as far as I can see. I mean, it really yeah, is. Fair call. Cool. Yep. Um, Nathan, any, you know, there was a lot of comment, oh, a lot of comment full stop, not not all of it that smart in in, in my view, but uh, people are, of course, entitled to their opinion. Uh, there was a lot of comment around uh, everybody should be on the same bike. I mean, that that would simplify matters. Do you, do you agree with that? It kind of de-skills it a bit, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I don't like that personally. Um, it it actually takes away from where I think the gaming aspect needs to go in order to make it more skill-based um, as well as having um, a lot of strategy. So I think that it would be a better situation to um, have more detail by Zwift uh, rather than just a few stars and actually give us like more um, abilities in each bike that are very clearly detailed out and communicated so that we could go ahead and create strategy around each bike and which one we're choosing. I think that that is a uh, part of making the Zwift genre rather than the who's got more Watts genre. Mm-hmm. On a positive note, I agree with you that, um, this does put some teeth on, Uh, governance and bring some of that that the community has been screaming for for a while and if they don't like it up front I think like I said it's going to bring the fortitude they've been looking for actually in the long run I like Cam a lot I met him at the championships it was a real downer for me I mean my voice is on the moment that's in a lot of those videos right and that was a moment I look back on so happy watching Cam step up on top of that podium and like it looks like Cam's just won a national champ you know that was a that was a, a key moment for me and to see that you know now taken down was sad uh but at the same time I think that there is a positive that can come from this as we move forward
0: I mean don't get me wrong I like Cameron too you know and and actually you know and e, a, a, an e-sports actually needs needs a Cameron Jeffers it needs a guy who's got 50,000 subscribers on YouTube and is personable and likable and has great hair you know I mean I I, I like Cameron I like Cameron I do I really do like Cameron and this this actually brings me back to something I've thought for a long long time around any kind of doping in uh, mechanical or e or actual doping in in sport and this this in itself might be a controversial view I think often the riders are the victims okay they're the victims of ruthless unscrupulous team management sometimes they're the victims of an over pressurized sport where you know whether they can feed their family depends on whether they can win a bike race um uh, because of the way that contracts are structured and the actually the fundamental unfairness of, of professional cycling and its whole crazy financial structure i mean this is a much longer conversation but i actually think riders are often victims rather than perpetrators when they're when they're found to be doping um
2: they um it, on that point, I would like to say, I think Cam was caught a little bit in something he, I don't know, like, I want to know whether or not he knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? Like in the moment of all of that stuff, like, yes, he broke rules hundred percent. You can't claim ignorance. Like in these kinds of situations, you should have read the rules up front. If you didn't understand them, you signed up for something. Is your signature there? That's the reality of it. Yes, it was unscrupulous the way the that you got this at the same time. The amount of bite that has been there in the past, specifically around these kinds of situations, might have had him in the middle of something that he didn't know the consequences of fully, but now is recognizing them. So, and I again, that's the same point again, though. That look, whoa, take this more seriously. Don't show up like it's just, um, you know, a game. <laughs> Dare I say? Dare I say? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just a game yeah yeah uh, Shane, and well let's just deal with 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 deal as far as we can with the responsibility of those around riders in in this new world of esports um they have one you know they
1: <laughs> they have a big responsibility the people who are advising the rider i'll first state that i absolutely hate cam jeffers hair How can he have such perfect goddamn hair? But uh, look, he said in his video, um, and you could see he was a bit down about, like he's a role model um, out there in cycling. I'm a YouTuber as well. Um, That hasn't been taken away. It was one bad decision. And as you said, a few bad decisions around him as well. And what I see as well is a few failures in the process from there. He shouldn't have been in the final in the first place on that bike. That should have been identified early on. And if it was, he would have been a good chance to win it anyway. He really would. the, The kid can ride. So it's just an unfortunate uh, list of things that have taken place that get us to this position here, which is bigger than Cam, um, and hopefully takes us to a better place. But as you back to your point of um, those around and supporting those in a, a mature way, in a better way, in a leadership way, um, this is all still too new. Like who would have known this particular rule would have been applied? I couldn't see it coming. Um, I don't know. It's again, it's still too new, but I guess. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, so cheating in one thing, get punished in another. it all comes out in the end, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and and finally on this, Shane, Any you know, do you have a a suggestion for for what lesson we can learn from this?
1: Oh, tie your shoelaces and keep your nose clean. That's it. Just walk a straight line and be honest and tell the truth, tell the straight truth. And that's, people ask me about my reviews and and, and things like that. They're like, oh, you're not saying this because of this. And I can go back and back up nearly anything I've said in videos and stuff to keep it a little bit about me and what I do. That's my little world. And if you just speak the truth, there's no justifying, there's no backing up anything. It's just the same story over and over again. Um, Sometimes the truth is a bit of a crappy story and um, this is one of them that I think Cam should have put it all on the table straight out and just said look, yeah, here are the facts, yeah, here's the timeline, yeah, yeah. bang, done, wear it on the chin, done. There was a bit of gun firing in all different directions but he's young, he'll, he'll get over this. He's still as he said, it's winter season, he'll come back next season probably stronger. I, I, and
0: you know I support riders in real life in, in the Grand Tours who've served bands. You know, I mean you, you do your time and then you come back and the slate's clean and and there's there's no reason whatsoever that, that Cameron Jeffers shouldn't do that. Uh, and I did feel sorry for the lad, to be fair. You know, I mean, I knew I was being horribly manipulated with that dreadful, winsome piano at the beginning of his um, apology video. But but in the end, it, you know, it was a very, uh, a reason, well, as honest as it could be, uh, explanation of, of, of what had happened. Um, but in the end... Sorry, mate, you broke the rules and you you knew you were breaking the rules and this all could have been avoided if you'd gone to BC and you'd gone to Zwifts and say, I got this Tron bike by somebody offering to uh, do it by nefarious means. I'm a bit worried about what that means for my place in the competition. Could you, um, could you help me out with this? And the whole damn thing could have been avoided. Anyway, there we go Uh, or part of the growing pains, I think, of eSports. Well, we had a very long interview with Craig Edmondson, Zwift's CEO of eSport, last episode. So I didn't ask him to contribute to this debate because actually, you know, this was a decision made by British Cycling, not Zwift. But once the dust settles on this, I'll invite him back in to discuss whether this affair has prompted any changes uh, that might be made to uh, rules or procedures or or even how the races work um, as a result of... I think we're going to settle on calling it Jeffersgate, aren't we? I mean, I hate adding gate to the end of any subject that's, that's controversial, but, you know, it seems seems to be the way that we, we do things. Uh, so um, let's hope we've seen the back of Jeffersgate in uh, in everything but uh, perhaps some positives that might come out of it. Right, well, let's move on to less controversial matters. Um, Anne's Ritter's introduced st- Steering. Well, that's how it's generally described, but actually, it's a bit more than that. Zwift has introduced mountain biking to the game, which brings with it steering on an off road trail. And if the community was at its most fractious over the Jeffers affair or Jeffers Gate, it was at its most innovative and ingenious how over how you make your front wheel turn smoothly whilst on the trainer. There were some absolutely brilliant suggestions. Here's my top 10 favourite. Ten. Kinetic turntable. Nine. Flattened plastic milk bottle. Eight. Dust cloth. Seven. Shane's homemade turntable. Six. Head-mounted phone. Five. Paper plates. Four. Exercise twist board. Three. Lazy Susan. Two. A drizzle of olive oil. One. A banana skin. Uh, Shane, the banana skin was actually a thing, wasn't it? (laughs)
1: that's what we needed in Zwift Riders this week (laughs) that was so good to see everybody because I've come up with my own solution I had it a few months back but I never had any use for it so um, I like a, a free moving front end on a bike. It feels a little bit more natural. Um, but then when so people are saying two pieces of paper and a dust cloth we've got here on the list and paper plates and somebody in Australia had an Esky, which is a chili bin or a cooler and something else sliding on top. It was very Australian. I was going to put like two layers of Vegemite and a bit of bread and turn. I thought I didn't want to get my bike too uh, stinky <laughs> Vegemite. But the banana skin was absolutely brilliant. And when somebody asked the other day, what? You, you, what are people coming up with? What's the best solution here? And yeah, my answer on Zwift Riders was you've got to tilt your banana skin. It's been a very, very weird week on Swift.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll we'll probably we'll settle on our recommended hack uh, before the end of this little feature. But 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 first of all, uh, Shane, I mean, back to the back to the fundamentals. Um, you know, now it's in game and
1: you've had a chance to try it properly. What what do you think? Look, my first experience of it was with the public release. I didn't get early access. I wasn't at Eurobike. Um, I set up with an iPhone XS or an XS, whichever you want to call it, with a quad lock on the front of the bike, mounted all perfectly with my little steering plate with the correct tilt. It was really good. It worked straight away, straight out. I had no problems at all. I unlocked the mountain bike with my first ride through. That was absolutely brilliant. However, the other night I live streamed a ride through just to show people what it was about, to show the actual steering movements. And I used an iPhone 6, And it was a very different experience. And I wasn't a different trainer that moved a little bit further side to side. And it was sort of shooting me off to the left or the right as I changed gears or as something happened. So it wasn't as good. So my experience is hot and cold, but when it was hot and working fine, that was heaps of fun. Um, For me, it's like holding onto a broomstick and pretending you're driving a bus. It's not real steering. It's it's gamification, (laughs) but the riding is still real. And I wasn't prepared for that. So, I'm sitting here bouncing off the walls and having a bit of fun going, oh, this is cool. Hang on, 8%? What? 15%? With the smart trainer kicking that in. So, heaps of fun. Um, I couldn't take my hands off the bars though. So, the concentration level goes up. So, it was mentally fatiguing, which is what cycling was all about anyway out in the road. It's... It's cool. Um, how they could do this on the road, though, would be interesting. It makes sense for a trail. On the road, veering, I still think is the way to go rather than true steering. But um,
0: that was very- yeah. yeah no, I, th- I think that, I think we'll get veering rather than steering on the road. I do. Just, just. I mean, the point about you know, <laughs> the point about throwing your leg over the crossbar when your bike's hooked up to an indoor trainer is to get a workout. I mean, that, you know, that's why I've always used the turbo is to get a workout. Do you think a very gamified uh, feature like like this, do you think that kind of mitigates that uh, against that whole primary purpose of the trainer or, or is this just a bit of right, light relief? I mean, I guess the question is, Shane, do you think you can get a proper workout?
1: Oh, very feature? good question because the way I see the mountain bike course, it's just a bit of eye candy fun at the moment. But in the future, we've got to think so far outside the square that uh, – Nathan, you, Nathan's really good at this for games because he's totally across it. But for me, let's just say we had a straight road with stars on it, a bit like Mario Kart or banana skins you have to run over or put under your front wheel um, – you could change it up to make it a really good erg mode workout. Workout mode could change entirely and you could get a really good workout. It's just a combination of the two. I think this is this is beta, beta, beta version 1.0001 you know, of just testing what could be. Yeah, yeah. But in the future, if we had, say, pace lines where everyone had to turn the right way or maybe even some group steering where you had to follow the wheels to be in the draft and you all had to go through certain checkpoints, um, capture the flag kind of thing on a big open plane or an open field or a cyclocross track. Or uh, It's going to take a while um, and some refinement of the tech so those um, accelerometers don't uh, drift off. But there are some solutions out there already by commercial entities that are doing the steering for us without having to do the sort of the handlebar hackery. Uh, I think it's going to be a thing. I think it really could be.
0: Nathan, just a wild guess, mate. I, I, I'm assuming you love this.
2: Oh, I, I definitely, definitely love this. Um, at the same time, I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's so much opportunity. Let's go.
0: There was a race organized within kind of within hours of it dropping, I think, which you, you commentated on.
2: Yeah, so uh, Eric Slangey's with Insider, put together uh repack, redux first race on the mountain bike course, um, and it was classic community hearken back to uh watopia forward was the only thing available meet at the start finish banner and track it on strava go and uh so th- you know there was no official event there are no events over on that course at all so and but we just showed up and said go and i just assumed everybody who was on course was racing and what was really cool up front? Um, there was a woman race winning the race up front because of her skills and her transition into the mountain bike course was the quickest out of um, out of everyone. So I mean, there was some pretty cool um, skill based stuff going on there. Uh, you know, what I'd like to see, you know, um, as far as opportunities, finesse in the tactile experience of it to be honed more to more skill, the intricacies of threading the needle. Some of those some of those lines are kind of me as a mountain biker, I kind of was like, why didn't I get a perfect? What are you kidding me? Like, like, uh, you know, so <laughs> what do you think? Like, so some of that stuff, you know, can be hammered out. It, I, I agree hundred percent as far as like the look, the feel, the way that it's written, how it's steered is, is definitely 1.0, but, um, you know, going through those markers and hitting them specifically some more reward around each one of those. If you do, once they get that more kind of hammered out about that's obvious and maybe, you know, better lines. On the racing front, short track tournaments over and over again, round robin style. We could not even do that now if we just tracked it ourselves. That's full on eSport. That's what happens in CSGO. You have two to three minute rounds over and over again until last... Team standing, you know what I mean. It's like there's a lot of things here. And as far as broadcasting goes, it's a lot of crazy angles and new scenery to have to commentate on. So there's a lot of learning to go on there, both on Swift sides as well as from a, a shoutcasting point of view here. Like just knowing what even's going on. But I mean, there's so much opportunity, so much growth in this area that I think a lot of people just are jumping on. And go, oh cool, it's mountain biking and I'm looking at it going. Uh, this is like huge amounts of opportunity if we put some dev into it. So I'm super excited to see how much goes into future works.
0: Jane, as a Swift listener, Maurice Young made uh, what I thought was a really, really interesting point, actually. He said he'd use the steering functionality with his kids, who, who I, th- I think previously he'd not been able to get kind of anywhere near interested in Swift. And, and they absolutely loved it. I, I could see this being popular with kids, really popular with kids, more so than, than, than ordinary Swift.
1: We need one of those Fisher-Price little uh, indoor trainers, you know, those little tiny things with little tiny cranks on them for kids and a little steering wheel on there. Yeah, for sure. Look, I mean, that's what kids play these days. If you can make it fun and, like, I mean, we're just big kids. Let's be honest here. We're trying to cheat ourselves out of knowing that we're just sitting in a room staring at a wall. So I think the kids will lap this up if it's executed correctly. So uh, Zwift Kids, there's a a new spinoff company. Copyright, Shay Miller. (laughs)
2: <laughs> so Shane, I used the S10, um, Samsung S10, had okay. similar experience. Absolutely perfect, like absolutely loved it. It responded really, really well. It's probably the older phones with the gyro, most likely as far as being too jittery. Um, I would think, but I had a, I had a really good experience with the S10. Also Lionel Vyasin, who's one of the top Zwifters in the classics, his comment in the live stream during the race was cancel the classics. This is where it's at. And we saw him live. He live streamed his MTB experience and absolutely loved it as well. So it isn't just, you know, the racers are also, it seems like, Ooh, this looks really fun. Kim Little did it as well. So I think there's a lot of people who see the competitive side to this too. What do you think would happen if we go – if
0: we got a, a, a field of 200 starting to race on it i mean because it's not wide roads is it
2: it would be it would be a mess right now <laughs> it would just be a it would be an absolute mess right now but we could maybe make some sense out of it. well you know it'd be a lot like regular mountain biking get the whole shot and eventually you would see like a group form at the front who's got the skill and we call them out as far as who's leading the race i mean that's really what you see in the mountain bike world cups anyways we only talk about the top 10 and who's able to make it there and who's got the skills continuing over and over again maybe a little highlights on who dropped out that was expected but um up front it'd be the massive mass start that you usually see in a mountain bike race and then those who got skill and power would make their way to the front so uh but it'd be a big mess up yeah, front
0: yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Uh, is it meg, meg, meg avalanche where they start on the snow field that mass mountain bike start you see the video every year <laughs> where you know they get into that first corner and there's just a hundred wipeouts you know uh that's always that's always a good laugh um
1: uh, Shane help the Zwift let's start at the top
2: that's a good point Shane why don't we have this down the Alpe the Zwift oh I like God, that God. idea that a fun. lot
0: Shane what what ultimate um swivel device is is going to come out king here I mean Elite made one didn't they specifically for this but that kind of sort of disappeared
1: yeah, we didn't see much of it. I think because everyone was, was waiting on Zwift for the software integration, because there are two sides to this. It's the software and it's the hardware integration. Zwift, I think, waited a long time on this because they wanted to make sure the experience for everybody was nice, good, and acceptable. Because if we all had phones that fell off our handlebars and the steering was pretty crap, no one would ride it. It would be terrible. The first impressions really count. And that's why I got my video out pretty quick of how to make it I guess a cheap swivel table that worked with for about $5 or so because it's about having that good first experience. And mine was. The second one was pretty crap, as I said, with the other phone. Um, why we haven't seen these out, I'm not sure. It's just because yeah, there's no synergy, I don't think, between a hardware company wanting to sell their hardware, Zwift wanting to sell their software, and we haven't seen a release. Maybe Zwift could make their own and sell them. They're, not, they're pretty cheap devices. They're only a little swivel thing. Um, the Elite one centers, so it feels like a real bike as you're riding along the road. It goes back to center. Um, if that was just simple Bluetooth to Zwift, it would save us having our phone on the handlebars and sweating all over that. Um, for me, the best one I've tried is the, is the Elite one so far, but we haven't seen that. No, I don't know the name of that either. It'll have to be the the Swivlo. What's what's Italian for turn? They've already got the Turno trainer. <laughs>
0: I dread to think. <laughs> I dread to think what name Elite would come up with for that product.
1: Yeah. Something we can't pronounce either way. <laughs> the Banano. There we go, the Banano. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh,
0: I mean, it's it's going to come, isn't it? I noticed there was one incredibly enterprising seller on Amazon who'd relisted their heavy-duty uh, Lazy Susan turntable specifically for use with Zwift, Which <laughs> that was a smart piece of uh, guerrilla marketing. Yeah, 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 but but we're going to see a commercially available swivel thing plate, aren't we? Before long,
1: I'd hope so. It's it's got to come along. There's there's an opportunity there for sure. People are loving the steering, and if it takes off. Someone's going to be the head of the game with the hardware, so we shall see.
0: Okay, well, still on the th- <clears throat> still on the theme of changes to the game, a uh, reasonably significant one landed in a recent update, which has caught at least some Zwifters by surprise, actually. The code has been changed in the Jungle extension to basically make riding there more, more realistic. If you're on the rough, unpaved roads, then just like real life, it's harder to pedal and you need more watts to achieve the same speed you used to. Um, the result of that is largely except for the very very strongest riders we've seen speeds in this section of utopia fall um Shane an interesting one this because um, there's quite a lot of people who um who, who are sounding a little bit hurt saying uh, they'll never get 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 their pb again you know uh, because because the rules of the game have changed
1: uh, just just one sec, Simon i'm just stopping my bot here leveling up getting my mountain bike wheels just <laughs> only kidding james come on give me a break <laughs> now look i think this is an interesting update to zwift because we've said it all along why are we riding road bikes on dirt and why are they flying along on disc wheels and things like that so did i did i get this right the mountain bike is faster around the mayan jungle course did i read that right i haven't tested it myself yes yeah, you know, no. i think that's the case isn't it nathan
2: I believe it is, but, um, you know, according, okay. So from what I saw, people were like, whoa, when I hit this section, like people just like fly away from me. So it's more pure power, but the MTB wheels now are going to act like they would on regular dirt. And that's just a reality. If you hit dirt, um, you know, something that, uh, absorbs more of those vibrations is going to travel faster. So, um, now whether or not that, section looks like it's as bumpy as it behaves is another question (laughs) maybe we need a couple more rocks and bumps in there to say that it's going to travel that much faster but uh it does seem um like that is the case so and i mean it's mostly it's mostly a dirt section so it would make a lot of sense i mean it's it's a what would we say, um, an ATV trail almost in, uh, or a, you know, a double wide back B road and you're definitely not taking road bikes to the dirty Kanza, you know, or any of those other, uh, you know, <laughs> into any of those other big point to point gravel races now. So, uh, I think they're, that Zwift is kind of going, Hey, here's a cycling genre that can have an experience here and need to bring the right tool to the race.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it needs you checking out your garage a bit more thoroughly before you before you plan your route, actually, um, just just like you would you would do in real life, Shane. This raised an interesting question. This this whole thing, where, where there was quite a significant change. Of course, it was in the release notes, but hardly anybody reads those. But it raised an interesting point about what what I might call differential um, uh, updating. Uh, so we we, for instance, the, the, there was more than one occasion when you saw lots of people complaining that they were in a group of riders going around the jungle circuits. And basically you had two, you had two lots of, you had two categories of riders, those who had updated and those who hadn't. And so those who had updated were slower than the ones who hadn't updated and they weren't used to being slower. It was obviously kind of like a regular group ride or something. Which which just raises this 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 point about why some people update and some people don't and could could perhaps more be done to that? You know, like Apple, Apple, nag the head Hell out of you to update. Um, should should Swift do a, a bit more of that? Do you think? I, I know they they do as much as they feel they can at the moment.
1: The auto update takes place on Windows and Mac automatically. So as soon as there's something new out, you double click, you execute the game, and that checks for the updates. But I think the Apple TV has been the laggiest one, and iOS is a little laggy too. Ah, uh, yeah, there might have to be some in-game coding there to say, look, if you're not on this particular version, and there is such a significant difference between the builds, such as if you were to join a group race and you want a road bike that wasn't affected by the um yeah the new gravel or the dirt section, that's gonna change the experience of others, and we don't like that. We want sort of a, more of a level playing field. So, yeah, there needs to be done more for that. Um, but I think that's what happened this week, wasn't it? Those groups just split apart and people are like, what the hell? I'm on a mountain bike going for, going faster or a robot going slower. It was a bit of a weird one. But there's also been a bit of fun with that because I know when Titans Grove, I think, opened and people weren't updated, people were doing donuts and circles everywhere around Watopia. So it was quite funny watching. But, um, yeah, I think it's a bit of an Apple limitation.
0: Mm. ATV, Apple TV, that, that updates automatically, doesn't it? You don't have to do
1: anything to it. It sh- It should, but it's it's always so laggy. I don't know what it's about. It it's I think it's an always on machine, so it should update in the background. But the push updates just aren't as as frequent as they should mm, be. Mm, mm. So sometimes
0: it's it, it's not the user's fault. It's, it's 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 Apple. Blame Apple.
1: Blame the technology. Mm. Always blame is the tools. Quite- <laughs> I mean, I think
0: the, the fact that we're a little confused about this shows kind of a bit how yeah. how murky it is. And indeed, how difficult it is to deal with, you know, delivering a client to, to, to multiple different operating systems, um, uh, which all sounds very boring until you're the guy who's getting left behind on the dirt section because you've uh, you, you've not updated, or maybe the other way around. Anyway, <laughs> confusing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, we are waiting, I think, on our friend Eric Schlange over at Zwift Insider to do some uh, really thorough testing of various bikes, wheels, and tires combinations. Um, I think he uses an app plus emulator to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, th- I think he does. In isolation. In it.
1: isolation. <laughs> and, and,
0: and that's, that's, that's been used for a, for a proper purpose. So um, uh, if the world didn't know that previously, Eric, I'm, I'm sorry about that, but I think they did.
4: Right
0: on. OK, well, over the years there have been various artistic projects based around Zwift, but the latest one looks to be the most ambitious ever. A couple of keen Zwifters and artists, professional artists, are on the point of releasing a beautiful and very, very detailed pen and ink study of Wotopia. Uh, it's gorgeous, this thing. Um, I talked to them about the project and how it came about. Well, welcome to the Zwiftcast to Clive Rose and Jamie Marsland. Hi, you two. Hi. Hi there. So I've got you on to talk about a stunning project, actually, which, kind of unhappily for me, is very visual um, and does not make the most natural of audio. So I'm going to depend on your descriptive powers to tell me about this this great thing called Zwift art. Clive, just, just kick off and, and give me the basics.
5: Uh, so what we're looking at is a, a view of a, a Zwift landscape that we have created by piecing together lots of different images um different sort of captures and we've created a brand new sort of view if you like a wide view and uh, it, it's of a uh a, slowy, a snowy mountainous landscape with trees and some cyclists and the track it's it's actually an image that would be familiar to anybody that that uh, frequents uh, watopia up in the mountains
0: but it's kind of Zwift like you've never seen it before, I think, isn't it?
5: Uh, yes, it is, indeed. Um, it's all hands-drawn um, using traditional techniques, Indian ink, and it's on um, uh, thick sort of cartridge paper. So we're using Indian ink and uh, white ink as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's sort of taking something, that a landscape that is digital, and turning it into this uh, a more traditional analogue kind of uh, technique, if you like.
0: Jamie, for those of us who are not fantastically familiar with artistic techniques, this, this is pen and ink, isn't it? So, just, I mean, what, what, what's the nearest kind of visual reference to it?
6: Well, I'm the Clive's, the... Clive's the artist, Simon, so he's
5: the guy that's... he's he's the guy that's drawing it, but... Um...
0: Yeah, well, no, it certainly should be answered by the artist. Fire away, Clive.
5: So we're using a traditional uh, dip pen, dipping it into a little ink pot, um, so it's, uh, it's very... Um, last century or maybe the century before that. Uh, so it is a yeah it's a very very um you know old fashioned way of drawing there's no kind of digital side to this.
0: This sounds um labor intensive to me.
5: Um it is labor intensive um incredibly labor intensive it, it's taken a long time to get to the stage we're at at the moment and we've got you know quite a few weeks to go yet before we finish it.
0: Jamie what's the ultimate aim for this project I, I know you have actually kind of officially partnered with with Zwift so th- I mean this is not your average kind of Zwift enthusiast DIY artistic project is it really
6: no I mean the the idea <coughs> the idea stem because I Swift a lot I spent a lot of time on Watopia and I, lo- I I really love Watopia in all its beauty and its growing beauty and its changing beauty um, and it's become it's become kind of real for me so I really wanted I really loved the idea of having a piece of art. And then I thought, well, maybe other Swifters would like this too, because Swifters I um, hang around on some of the Facebook forums, Facebook pages, and they're quite passionate um, and into Swift. So I thought, well, if we could produce something really beautiful, then other people would want potentially to want this as well. So it's a it started off as a creative thought and it's turned into something much bigger. So and now Swift have we've signed a, an agreement with Swift whereby um, they're on board with this, which is really exciting.
0: Will Zwifters be able to, to, to buy this? What's, what's the ultimate destination?
6: We're aiming to release in November, uh, so they'll be able to buy it. We're still, we're still working out um, prices, and we're still working out sizes. But this is it. I mean, if you look at it, it is a, it is a piece of art that has taken a, a good year so far to, to where we've got to. And if it goes well, we'll do a series of them. That's the idea as well, because obviously Swift has many Swift uh, Watopia has many um, aspects to it. So this is the first one. If it goes well, then uh, we'll get some feedback, and then we'll produce maybe another. Well, we will we'll produce another view.
0: Clive, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the final question because because um, you're the guy with all the pressure on. I think <laughs> two questions really. I mean, where, where can j- just remind us of the of the web address where people can keep an eye on this, and you know the the ultimate question that people are really going to be interested in um, when you you hinted at November. Do you want to give us as much detail as you can?
5: Yeah, sure. Um, well, you can go to uh, swiftart.com to keep track um, of, of what's going on with the project. We're aiming for um, uh, November finish. I'm looking at Clive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, there's a few. It's one of those things because this is an art project rather than a sort of pure illustration project. You know, you're constantly um, playing with it and and moving the thing, so the goalposts keep moving. But I think, I think I feel pretty uh, confident it will be be there by um, by November.
0: Right. Sounds like it'll make. Uh, make it onto a few Christmas present lists, maybe. Um, it's it, it's a terrific project. A d- difficult, obviously, in audio only to, to convey the the, the 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 amazing visual feast that it is. I mean, it really is something special. So um, people people should definitely go and look at it on swiftart.com. On but nice to hear the voices behind it and nice to hear the passion behind it. Thanks very much indeed for your time, guys, and the very best of luck with the project.
5: Great. David. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Simon. Cheerio. Really
0: interesting project. Uh, check it out on ZwiftArt.com um, if you're interested. Well, uh, that's it for this episode, fellas. Kind st- sort of a bit of an unplanned one. I, I felt we had to react to Gate although we will probably do a- an episode within a week or so. Shane, uh, as is traditional now, I think we should ask you for an update on uh, your extensive testing of Kickerbike.
1: Hmm. TBA on kicker bike. Now it's going well. It's going really well. Um, I'm, I'm yet to do my ride experience video because I just want to rack up a few hundred k's on the thing to really get to the bottom of how it's going because people want head to heads with the kicker bike versus the neo bike because we all know it's the kicker versus neo show that just continues to roll on, even through the bikes. So look- You've got um, the neo smart bike now, haven't you? Th- that's arrived. Man, there was a story and a half of getting the neo bike and you'll have to listen to my other podcast for the story behind that, but it involved a career who was 400 kilometers away, me screaming a four-letter word that's very Australian at the top of my lungs, not being able to get to it at a certain gate that I couldn't get into, someone hearing that, and that's solving my problems. So kids, swearing is okay sometimes. Um, <laughs> so so more, more time on both of those bikes. Um, and what else? And the sun's coming out here in Australia. So sun's out, roads are beautiful, which means more time indoors on smart bikes. Stay tuned for those videos. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shane, Shane, also in your, in your free time doing donuts in the dirt looked like some of the coolest short that like, so I was, I, we had, we had Shane's videos just playing in the living room for some reason from YouTube. Um, and one of them suddenly is there and I walk in and Shane's avatars literally looks like he's doing the shortest short track I've ever seen, but it was so cool. Cause when he got to 500 Watts, it started doing this like tornado of dirt. And I was like, this is awesome. You can actually do donuts on Zwift and make it shoot dirt, like fast and furious. It was coolest looking moment of the spinning bug that we have for some weird reason that's weird. So the
1: backstory there was that I'd finished the mountain bike course on my live stream and I went to go back and do another loop of it because it's only a few kilometers long but I got stuck in, a, stuck in a circle loop and then because I was live streaming I'm like I don't want to stop and quit out and come back in and have my live stream. I'm just going to keep riding. Hopefully it clocks up the kilometers. I think I did 45 minutes in a little tight circle and yeah the faster that I went, the faster it went um, the faster the kilometers ticked up and the more lean that I had on the bike, it was kicking dirt up, it was hilarious. Um so people were asking for a velodrome for a long time in Swift. I can can comment. Velodromes boring. <laughs> I didn't want the velodrome.
0: Well, congratulations on the perseverance. <laughs> Uh, nothing like going around in small circles to remind you of the futility of human life. Sometimes, um, uh, Nathan, I'm guessing your, I'm guessing your, uh, your, your voice. And thank you for perse- also for persevering through this swiftcast. I know it's really painful to talk when your voice, or it certainly sounds painful to talk when your voice is in that condition. I get, that that doesn't do a whole lot of good for your day job, does it? Really having a voice like that.
2: Yeah, it'll be okay. We'll show up and make it happen. I don't know what happens when the mic goes on, the race is there. I mean, I I remember we went to a Colorado event. I was talking about it today um, uh, for Zwift, and I sounded worse than this. I had nothing. I could barely get a syllable out. And, like, the people started showing up, and we had to do KOM challenges, and next thing I know, the voice was there. I don't know. So I think we'll be fine for Fusion ECT later uh, today. Uh, It's the last race in that series. And then just got word that the CHOP is coming to North America. Don't know when. I just heard rumors that we're going to be having a uh, CHOP series in some sort of way. Uh, for the north american market and i'm super excited about that community racing um so that's what's going on next as far as uh ZCL stuff goes
0: excellent well go and rest your voice before before commentating thanks very much indeed for today boys uh talk to you soon and talk to you next time till then goodbye thanks guys cheers thanks for listening everybody that's number 70 in the bag and just the usual reminder that whilst we are extremely grateful for the continuing support that Zwift the company give Zwiftcast the podcast I'd just like to remind you that they don't influence anything we say during the broadcast thanks again for listening see you next time